Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Hour 3 of the program for Sask Lotteries. Brendan McGuire in the catbird seat. Uh, Coming up later this week, we will visit with Enoch Mwamba, hear about his retirement from the Canadian Football League. Of course, you might remember Enoch spent a couple years with the Rough Riders and uh, won the Most Outstanding Canadian and Most Outstanding Player Award at the Grey Cup that was here in 2022. But right now, it is time for press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. And joining us on the line is our good pal Glenn Suter and uh, Glenn I've been a little under the weather uh, and uh, Pete was carrying me through most of the program and it brought up a memory of you and John Wells doing a CFL broadcast one night and John's voice completely gave out on him and then you were narrating some of the action and I thought this is the coolest thing I've ever seen and at the end of the broadcast he said thanks for carrying me partner and you said that's what I'm here for do you remember that? I do remember, uh, yes, and it happened to me once, and now I've been doing this for, for a long time, but I, I, um, I was with Dustin, and we were in Vancouver, and I had done three and three nights, so three games, three different cities, three nights, finishing in Vancouver, so I thought, you know, I'm going to be back, you know, be able to sleep in my own bed after on the third night, but um I just, there was two minutes to go in the game and I was fighting a cold and it just, it, it left me. So Dustin for the last couple of minutes, just talked through it and it was smooth as as silk, but uh, I do remember it. And, you know, you are there in the booth. It's, it's very team oriented job. I mean, not only the booth, but the truck and everybody else, the pitchers can take away some of the, you know, that can take some of the heavy lifting off your shoulders and, um, you know, the, the stats and the boards that we put up, that's all part of putting the television program together. Well, if you're a professional, you never miss a shift, right? So that's just how we have to roll. <laughs> exactly. um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the teams in the West division. Uh, we've talked so much about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the changes that they've made with the head coach. We're hearing largely rave reviews about the new head coach, even from some of the most ardent critics of this organization. But I feel like it's not just the Rough Riders who have a lot to prove in this 2024 season. I wanted to start with Edmonton, where coach Chris Jones has an 8-28 and 28 record. Now, there are some reasons for that. He didn't inherit the great situation Um, but Bill Parcells has a famous line that says you are what your record says you are and now that we're entering year three if there's a team at least in the West Division maybe in the entire CFL that it's time to put up or shut up I feel like it's the Edmonton Elks is there anything wrong with that statement at all no I don't think so at all I you know I 
No, I, I think they've got an interesting dynamic right at quarterback, and they bring in McLeod Bethel-Thompson. We all know, you know how good he can be and how good he's been in the CFL in the past. But that also will take snaps away from Trey Ford, depending on what happens with him now. I mean, that was probably their sort of biggest story of the of last year. And it was a, you know, Canadian-wide, this guy is a phenom. He's there, He's a different cat. He's a He's an athlete at a level that, you know, it sort of reminds you of Doug Flutie and those type of guys and his ability to escape. So it would be a shame to see his development sort of halted, even though they need to win. They have got to win. That coaching staff knows it. They've got to win. It's time to just turn it around since they changed the name and now everyone's kind of relating all that. I don't think it's related at all, but um, since they changed the name, it's been sort of downhill. And I, I've seen some moves made that I, you question, like paying a lot of money for a receiver. Uh, the receiver in and of himself in Kenny Lawler that couple of years ago is worth it. But if you, if you in this cap world of the CFL, if you just spend all that money on a receiver and you haven't solidified your quarterback situation, you know, one is more important. You have, to, you have to lead the cart with the horse, and the horse is your quarterback. So that's the, you know, I think they've sort of addressed that. That should give them a better start out of the gate. Uh, but you're right. I This this Edmonton team has got to win. They've got to win early and get the fans engaged because the fans will be back. The fans in Edmonton will be back. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, they're they're great fans in Edmonton. It is truly a football city, and even though um, we we aren't seeing it in every market, I feel like getting back from the pandemic, it does happen. We are getting all the way back. We're seeing it with curling. We're seeing it um, in most hockey markets. I think you're going to see it in Winnipeg with the Jets, and it's going to happen in Edmonton too. It feels like since the pandemic, there's been this dark cloud hanging over that franchise, particularly with all the lo- the losing that they had at home. And then when they snap that, um, they're just not all the way back just yet. Uh, when you look at the signing of McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I think that most of us would agree that it's good for the league to have a personality like him back here. But I actually feel like it puts even more pressure on Chris Jones to have a successful mm-hmm. season. The fact that he's benching this exciting young Canadian player. Or do you look at that and say, well, Brendan, it doesn't really matter. The pressure was going to be max on Chris Jones no matter what. Yeah, and I'll, I'll pick I'll pick up the ball here because I can hear you. Got to grab a drink of water quickly, but yeah, you know you know what you're right. The uh, it it adds some pressure because now they have an established winner at quarterback that is can get a team to the cup as he did. Now he got some help once he got there from Chad um, in the, in that cup game in Saskatchewan, but uh, you know he he's the has, was the starter that got them there. And uh, and he also is going to deal with. I'm talking about Chris Jones right now. The the dynamic of the development of Trey Ford, and that being sort of put on the back burner for McLeod Bethel Thompson, because as Chris Jones will tell you, and you can you can hear the quote right now, he'll say he gives us our best chance. He's experienced. He knows the league. He's been a winner. He can give us our best chance to win. And hey, we have Trey, and there'll be packages for him, and things like that. I mean, I can I can hear it now. Um, but 
that will be dealt with if they don't win early. Let's say they lose a couple of close games out of the gate. You know, that that dynamic is going to be discussed in a big way. Trey Ford had people excited in that city and across the country. I mean, this is not uh, a, a really um, intriguing Canadian that we want to watch. This is a really intriguing world-class athlete that is doing things on the field that we have not seen. So I, I just, it, it is going to come up if they, if they face some adversity early and, and that puts more pressure on the coaching staff. And then they have to answer that question over and over again. So does management and who should be playing quarterback is going to be uh, a question early on if they, if they struggle. We had Arash Madani on this program earlier, and uh, he made a smart aleck remark about the coach's cap, or I guess the football operations cap would be the proper terminology for that. Um, I don't hate the cap. I think it's there for a reason. There are many good reasons why it's there. Have you made up your mind on how you feel about this football operations cap and how it pertains to situations in places like Edmonton and elsewhere? Yeah, I I think that it was necessary. Um, you know, you could almost call it the Chris Jones cap as well, um, because when he was in Saskatchewan and, and there were more coaches than players, and I'm exaggerating, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I just, I think there was a reason for it financially to, you know, when it, when it was, um, you know, trending the way it was trending at that time, the league had to do something. Now, I, there's some wording in it, or at least there was. I haven't looked at the actual wording in some time now, but there was some wording in it that I didn't like, like restricting the number. I mean, just give uh, the number of coaches. I, I thought just just give give the the boundaries financially, and if a coach want, a head coach wants to hire three assistants and pay them more, he can, or he can hire thirteen and pay them less. It's up to him. Um, but if I remember correctly, the early wording was, and it may have changed by now, but the early wording was there was a certain number of coaches you could max out at. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was necessary. I think we have to be uh, smart about how we manage the, you know, increase revenues and uh, make sure the players uh, get their share. And, and they continue that, the salaries continue to get better and better. That will really help, you know, especially in the bigger cities with, with the perception issues. But, um, but yeah, I, I hate to say I'm just sort of right down the middle on it because I, I, I don't hate it. And yet I can see where it restricts some teams if you've struggled for two or three years and now you're paying some coaches that you've had to let go. Yeah, I guess it creates a challenge where teams have to um, budget for that, expecting that there will be some coaches who get let go. So maybe we're not going to max out our coaches cap and they're going to have to fight that temptation to get into a bidding war with other teams when they're going after a head coach that maybe both teams like or you're trying to lure somebody out of college or maybe even from the National Football League. Uh, Glenn Suter is for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. Okay, so so we've talked about the Edmonton situation. Uh, I think we would agree that Edmonton, or sorry, Winnipeg is the one team in the West that has nothing to prove. There might be some question marks going into next season. No more Jackson Jeffcoat. Don't even know that we're going to see Adam Big Hill next year. Um, when you look at the Calgary Stamp Peters, there's an organization that 
for much of my adult life, much of my lifetime period, has been the standard, the gold standard in the Canadian Football League with all the great teams they've had, other than I can think of a three-year donut between Wally Buono, his last year, then it was uh, Jim Barker, wasn't through any fault of his own, they had a bad year, and then when Matt Dunnigan was a head coach, they had a bad year. There was a bit of a, a lull there. Other than that three-year lull, the Calgary Stampeders have been an elite organization for, I'm going to say, going on 35 years. They don't feel so elite anymore, do they, with what's gone on the last couple of years? No, you know, absolutely not. And, you know, I think when Bo Levi Mitchell was tearing it up and sort of having, you know, in his prime, let's put it that way, um, they they continued with this sort of Huffnagel. And, you know, when Huffnagel came back from the National Football League and, and he stepped in and they had that early success and then sustained it over time. And then they had their succession programs in place where, you know, Dave Dickinson was going to be elevated at the certain time when Huffnagel was going to go up from the sideline up into the into the management you know department. So he, you know, they 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 seemed to have it it figured out, and they were, you know, every year the Calgary Stampeders lost a big name or two in free agency. I remember thinking, man, this, this is going to really hurt them when it was like a Sean Lemon or somebody like that, and then. You know, they find a way to find the next guy, the the replacement. They they did a great job of scouting in down south. I know there's a lot of people talking about no Kadeem Carey this year in their backfield. Well, Dietrich Mills and Peyton Logan are a great one-two combination there. I I think it's a pressure year in Calgary for Jake Mayer. I I really do, because we've seen great flashes of Jake Mayer, and I believe they can win with him. I really do. I think he's got the right mindset. I think he, he's, he, he reminds me a little when I talk to him of Zach Kolaris a few years ago when Zach sort of decided, I am going to learn the nuance of Canadian football because so many American quarterbacks come up and they, they are, first of all, get the, the early wake-up call that this league is great, it's fast, the athletes are outstanding. Okay, so that thought of coming up here and just stepping on the field and dominating disappears pretty quickly. Then they have to start to understand the game, the changes. Now, if your coaching staff is getting flipped and things are happening that way, you start fresh every year. That hasn't been the thing in Calgary. Calgary's had that succession plan. So now the pressure shifts. And, hey, this organization, coaches, management have won. So the, the players have to know now that it's, it's up to them. It's, it's ownership. And Jake Mayer leads that group. So I think he can do it. But the pressure will be on him probably more than any quarterback out of the gate in the league. That'll be an interesting storyline to watch. I want to talk a little bit more about the Stampeders and the BC Lions. When we come back, you're listening to The Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.